0: Today, for your listening pleasure, we have an archive show, first published as a newspaper column and podcast episode sometime in the last ten years. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. This story was first published on February 4th of 2018 under the headline, Massive Four-Engine Jet Landed at Little Country Airport by Mistake. Here we go. It was about 4 a.m. on August 12th, 1962 and United Airlines Flight 861, a red-eye flight from Chicago to Portland, had just landed. The 81 passengers were unbuckling their seatbelts and peering out the windows of their big four-engine Douglas DC-8 into the pastoral darkness outside. One or two lights twinkled here and there, and the shadowy hulk of a few low buildings and pickup trucks could be seen in the distance. Inside the plane, there was a murmur of confused conversation. This is Portland? someone asked incredulously. Passenger Dr. Richard Goral of Maquoketa, Iowa, was also surprised. He knew Portland was a small city compared with Chicago, but this, quote, small, shoddy airport, as he phrased it, seemed too tiny for any city to be flying jet airliners in and out of. It also seemed deserted. Did they close the airport for the night in Portland, along with the deli and the grocery stores? And the landing run had seemed unusually short. The instant the plane had touched down, Goral had noticed, quote, The pilot set the brakes full on and reversed the motors. You could feel the rubber scraping off. Then the rising murmur of baffled conversation was cut short by a rattle from the cabin loudspeakers. Quote, "Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have inadvertently landed at Troutdale Field uh, by mistake, a man's voice announced sheepishly. And indeed there was much to feel sheepish about. Troutdale Airfield is about 10 miles east of the Portland International Airport, so it doesn't really cater to jet traffic, and consequently, it doesn't get much of it. Quote, The two airfields are markedly different in appearance, the Oregonian's reporter noted, with what sure reads like ironic understatement. Portland International has four runways around the huge new airport terminal, Troutdale has a single runway, and was deserted at the early morning hour when the jet came down. It is a public-use airfield used as a home base by many Portland pilots who prefer not to deal with the traffic of PDX. On any given day, a plane spotter loafing at the Dairy Queen on Graham Road might see pipers, Cessnas, and beechcrafts flying in and out with occasionally something larger. But now, dominating one end of the 4,600-foot airstrip, stood the hulking form of a Douglas DC-8, one of the largest aircraft to fly in and out of PDX on its 8,800-foot runways, and certainly the biggest thing that had ever landed at Little Troutdale Airfield. Troutdale manager Les Meyer was in bed when the big jet began its landing, but got up fast when he heard it coming in. Troutdale is occasionally used as an emergency landing spot for pilots who, after taking off from PDX, have trouble. And that's what Meyer assumed was going on as the mammoth jet came in to land on the pint-sized landing strip. It was, he said, a normal landing and a demonstration of great skill by the pilot, who Meyer told the Oregonian reporter, rode his brakes hard and reversed his engines, but never looked like he was in any trouble. It seemed likely Meyer was wrong about the pilot not being in any trouble, although United Airlines' Human Resources Department didn't share any of those details with the newspapers. At the airport, the baffled passengers were unloaded. Soon a fleet of taxi cabs arrived to transport them the 12 or so highway miles to PDX. The DC-8's pilot, Captain S.R. Whipple, told airport manager Meyer the plane broke from cloud cover and the runway was directly in front of him. The Portland Tower, having cleared him for landing, he just lined up and landed on it, only realizing it was the wrong airport after it was too late to abort. Captain Whipple, not surprisingly, hastened to catch the first flight back to Chicago and arranged to keep himself unavailable for questioning when the newspaper started to call. Meanwhile, United Airlines had a bit of a problem. Landing a DC-8 on a 4,600-foot airstrip had been doable, if barely. What were the chances they'd be able to take off again? Pretty good, they figured, but they sent a ringer in to do the job. Bartlett Stevens, a pilot from Seattle, arrived later in the morning to take it on. In the meantime, the big jet was pumped almost dry of fuel. After all, it only had to fly 10 miles, and everything that could be removed without unbolting stuff was hauled off the airplane. The newspapers do not specify whether they removed any seats, but there were rumors that that was done as well. A fence was removed at one end, and the grass burned to extend the runway as far as possible. The plane was positioned as far back on the east end of the runway as possible with its huge tail hanging out over the middle of Graham Road. Nervous families living in houses under the plane's anticipated takeoff path called their insurance agents to make sure they were covered and hurried to find someplace else to be when the big jet made its attempt to get off the ground. Soon, all was in readiness, and at 12.15, Stevens gave the big jet full power and it started rolling forward over the charred grass. All the preparation paid off as the big jet rotated a little over halfway down the tiny runway and climbed rapidly and uneventfully into the sky. A few minutes later, it was touching down at PDX, where it belonged. So, what happened? Since no one was heard and several people were severely embarrassed, details were kept close to the vest. A follow-up article in The Oregonian quoted a United Airlines spokesman saying that the company was conducting an investigation and, quote, might hold a hearing later on. The article added that Captain Whipple had been grounded pending the investigation. A few days later, the Federal Aviation Administration pulled Whipple's ticket for a 30-day suspension and suspended his co-pilot for two weeks. How this embarrassing mistake affected the two pilots' employment prospects at United Airlines was never disclosed, but it's likely both survived the episode with their jobs intact. Whipple was a senior pilot, meaning he'd been flying for United for more than 25 years, and he was highly respected by his fellow pilots there. But at the very least, those fellow pilots must have really enjoyed having something this juicy to razz him about at future company events. Key sources in this story included the Portland Morning Oregonian Archives from 13 August, 16 August, and 19 August 1962, the Madera Daily Tribune of Madera, California, and correspondence with Stan Biles of Blue River, Oregon. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening, and I do hope you enjoyed it. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. Check out our hub page at offbeatoregon.com to explore all the other things we do or to find full citations and visuals that go with today's show. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details of that, see offbeatoregon.com slash cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficarra. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Offbeat organ History episodes are uploaded every weekday morning at around 6 a.m., so it'll be a couple of days before you get your next fix. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day and the subsequent weekend with good stuff. Bye now.